The views and opinions expressed by contributors on the Spoon River Gothic podcast are their own and do not necessarily reflect the position of the host. Material heard on the Spoon River Gothic podcast is intended for adult listeners. This podcast deals with mature topics that may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. This is Spoon River Gothic, narrative of a double homicide. Heidi Hunter. This is Heidi. Hi, Heidi. My name is Jinra. I'm conducting research for a victim's justice report regarding Donna Tompkins and her case. And I was hoping to know if uh, you were available to chat or if I could get you at another time. What? This is this many years ago. I'm sorry. This is this many years ago. So, why are you contacting me now? I'm um I'm gathering research for an upcoming podcast about her case and the podcast intends to just give everyone involved a, a voice. I just had a few questions, but I'm happy to give you a call back at another time if, if that's okay. Is that going to be better then or now? I'm sorry? Just, just thinking about it just tears me apart. And I knew the majority of the members there at the time. Oh, okay. I was under the impression the only contact he had with her was through the bank. 
not okay. through the Elks Club. Yeah, no, they work together. I do yeah, know that. Yeah. But I believe he was a suspect at a point. He was. Do you he remember was. finding out about it? Like what that was like? Finding about out about her? Yeah, I mean the fire. Well, I was living I was living in a different town at the time and I think somebody called me to tell me about it. And uh, I just couldn't believe it. It was just horrific news. Yeah, and in the beginning they thought it was just a fire, right? Right. Right. And then they found the bodies and that the little girl had been bound by rope, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, it was in the same room as Donna, like placed on the couch across from where Donna was. So she yeah. witnessed whatever happened. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I was really sick during that time. I was not able to make it to any services or anything like that. So. Oh. Um, yeah. And then do you remember how, like the uh, investigation and did they talk to you? I think they might have talked to you. That's probably where I found you. In well, they did subpoena me. Yes, and I did have somebody talk to me and and they were asking about Mr. Haynes and I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, but I don't think he would do anything like that. Referring to Terry, not knowing that they were talking about Dave. So, and I said, but I guess that's possible because he just recently beat the shit out of his ex-wife. So. Oh, jeez. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, yeah, yeah so, it seems but, like, it seems like there was a lot of, Donna was surrounded by a lot of men who were Yes. Possessive and angry and by her ex-husband. I thought it was her ex-husband at the time because she had told me that she was scaring her. He was following her and and um, showing up at her house unannounced and stuff like that. So I was convinced it was her ex at the time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I heard that... Um, Donna was a really lovely person. Like she, she was a very charismatic person. She did. She did, and that's kind of why I'm not surprised that there was all kinds of men in her life and possessive men because she was a very beautiful woman with an outgoing personality. So, and I could see how men were attracted to her and wanted to spend time with her. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that justice was served with uh, Donald Bull being... Um, I don't even know how that got connected up that way. Really, I don't. I was just like, who is he and how in the hell was he ever in, in that? I don't know if he was just a scapegoat, because it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, with the ex-husband and the other two mentioned Haynes guys mm -hmm. involved and I just don't know how he ever came into play that was something I never understood so but yeah I had been subpoenaed to t come in and testify at our trial and I'm like or at the trial of him I'm like I don't even know the guy how would it, how would I even you know contribute to this trial at all but 
Right. So did you have to testify? No. Oh. When I told him I never met the guy, I didn't know who he was, and and the only information they had for me would have been on Terry Haynes. Then they like called me back and said, "You're right. We don't need you to testify." So. Yeah, you know, it's really a very compelling story and case. Yeah. And the podcast that we're working on is, uh, you know, it's trying to kind of pin down all the different aspects of it because it touches on so many social justice issues. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk so, about women and how women are, you know, treated as objects and this is a story about that we talk about the death penalty because donald bull was sentenced to death right there's, there's just a lot of um there's a lot of nuance in this story and we feel like it's an important story that needs to be explored so are you under the belief it was donald bull then honestly DNA or honestly i don't know and I, okay. I feel like that's the general consensus. That it wasn't him? That people, when they look or at Daddy. all the evidence and everything, yeah. Yeah. We, I don't know. I don't know who is him. Yeah. It yeah. could have been. He wasn't, a lo he wasn't, you know, from everything I've heard, he wasn't, you know, a great person. Right. Um, and he did know Donna. He did know oh, her. Oh, he did? He okay. did. He was introduced to her. I talked to the woman who introduced them, okay. and they did know each other. And, um, you know, so there was some connection there, and I think, was I it, don't know. Go ahead. Did they try to surmise that he tried to have sex with her, and she turned him down, and that he went into a jealous rage then? You know, I think that there there is some compelling evidence for it to be him. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I also think that, um, you know, he could have also been scapegoated. It could have gone either way. And that's, that's yes. the other thing about this story that, you know, we're looking at. Yeah, well, with the city and county police department, wouldn't surprise me so I mean there was a long time period it was a running joke if you want to murder somebody do it in Fulton County because they'll never get solved so really yeah I know there was also some um, issues with the lead investigator after the uh, you know after the conviction not about the that case particularly but that he had some issues and he ended up getting fired do you remember oh, really? that Ayers. His last name was Ayers. Dave Ayers. Yeah, did you know him? I did know him. Yes. And I knew that he got fired by... I don't... I wasn't living in the town at that time, so I don't know what was happening about... What happened in, that involves his firing, but I knew it was a disciplinary thing, so... Yeah. Yeah, there were... He had issues. Yeah. He probably maybe should have been more than fired, but anyway. Yeah, they kind of protect their own there, so, which is common in every police department, I believe, so. 
Right. So you lived in, in Canton. How long did you live in Canton? Well, I moved away in 1984. And then I went back to, then I moved to Lewiston, Springfield, and then to Pekin. And that's where I was living when I worked at the Elks, which is like 30-minute drive from Canton. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Mm. To bartend for friends, you know, and, and uh, yeah, it was paying my social life with two small children, so. Yeah. Yeah, so. But it was some fun. I got to meet some great people, and yeah. Is and, there anyone uh, that you would think that might be helpful for me to talk to? Um, yeah, there were some um, people that were closer to her than I, I certainly was. Um, one of them being, um, I don't know if she's in the police reports any, anywhere, but her name was Iona. I oh, I talked to Iona. I did talk yeah. to Iona. Yeah. Yeah, she was closer to Donna than I was because they were both waitresses. Yeah. Um, uh, how about Linda? Her last name was P-I-G-G, Linda Pig. Oh, yeah. I have tried to reach her. I left some messages um, on, on voicemails that I got. Yeah. And um, Terry Haynes. Yeah, he was one of the suspects so at the time, so I doubt he would talk to you about it. He might. Yeah, you never know. You never well, know since he's been cleared and stuff, or he might be very angry about the whole situation. So. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a nice guy. I like him. Did he work there? Was he the he was. He was a member, and he was on the Elks board. Okay. At one time, so you know they kind of rotated in and out of that position. Mm-hmm. So, so he's he's a well at the time was a young man, but he's kind of and he's he's retired from UP, UPS, and he still lives in the Canton area. So, wow. Okay, where are you from? Are you from? Um, I Illinois? was born and raised in Canton, Illinois. Yes. Oh, okay. You were okay. Yeah. What was yes. that like? What was Canton like growing up there when you did? Uh, well, you know, I had very strict family, so I didn't get to go out and run with friends like a lot of people did. So um, I worked at a little family restaurant there on the square once I was 16, and um, that was fun. Um, well, it was a quiet town everybody came knew everybody and so you couldn't really get away with a lot of <laughs> shit if that's your parents finding out yeah um i had a classmate um murdered the year that? we graduated 1976 and that's never been solved his last name was graham oh. he was 18. How, how he was, was at a murdered? party well, he was at a party, and he came up missing. I think the party was at a lake or, yeah, either Canton Lake or one of the coal mine lakes. And nobody saw him for a few days, and then his body turned up, and 
a police department screwed up um, evidence right off the bat by pouring gasoline on the maggots to get rid of the mag <gasps> maggots. Are you kidding yeah. me? No, I'm not kidding you. Do you know who the, who that person was that did that? No, I don't. I, oh I truly don't. Yeah, so... So then they couldn't really pinpoint the time of death. There was, I think, some question as how he actually died and, you know, what killed him and stuff. But that's an unsolved murder. So. Oh, interesting. And was in. I graduated with several doctors' sons in 1976. So there was some. Um, Rumors that they were involved, or one or more doctor's sons were involved in that. So. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. know about that case. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. But other than that, that was the biggest crime that happened. Mm -hmm. And then a few years later, after that, some woman that lived 10 miles outside of town in Cuba, Illinois, was um, murdered. She was eight months pregnant with twins, and she was murdered. But I think they uh, convicted the guy that murdered her. So, mm. Ugh. so other than that, it's great area to to um, grow up. I mean, we were like forty minutes away from a big town of Peoria, Illinois. And you yeah. there, go there, do do anything you couldn't do in Canton, Illinois. So, yeah. Yeah. Give me that card back. Okay. Uh, thank you so much. Okay. Sorry about that. No, no problem. Okay. You're who now? My name's Anne Marie, and I'm following up. You talked to Jinra yesterday, and um, I know it was a shock for us to bring up, um, you know, the painful memory of what happened to Donna and Justine, but I was really yeah. hoping, because I know you had said <laughs> that she was a wonderful person, which is a sense mm -hmm. that I'm getting from all the people we've talked to, and I'm just wondering if there is... Um, you know, if you could kind of fill in a story about Donna or Justine to kind of give us a better sense of who she was and why she was so wonderful. Because she's a very caring person. She loves her daughter. She really cared about her daughter and took care of her. Um, I don't know. You, you, she was just, in my eyes, she was just a wonderful person. She, I mean, she worked at the bank. She was, you know, cheerful, hard worker, nice to everybody. I mean, she, I, I don't know. I mean, she's just, I think she's just an outstanding person. Yeah. You know, she was a, mother, a good mother, you know, a good person. You know, I just... I can't believe it happened to her to be truthful, but they did. And that's yeah. just seeing she was little. I mean, I babysat for her. I took care of her. We played with toys, and she smiled and laughed. And 
I heard a story from somebody that worked at the daycare center that she worked at that said that she had this hair that would stick up. Yes. They tried, they tried to, like, get it to stay down, and it just refused to it, stay down. It was like static electricity, yeah. Yeah, we worked with our hair and worked with our hair, but that, that is very, very true. <laughs> and that her personality was kind of similar to that. Like, she was, she had her own mind? Yeah, oh, yeah, she did. Yes, she did. I mean, other than... I don't know. I mean, she's just very enjoyable, very lovable. You know, she, I mean, was a, she's the happiest little girl. Yeah. You know? Yeah. How long did you babysit her? Um, you know, I don't know. I'm going to say probably... Maybe a little less than a year or so. Mm, okay. I don't remember exactly. It's been 30 years ago. Right, right. Um, do you remember the day when you found out what happened and, like, where you were? Um, I was at work. And, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't a very good day. <laughs> No. I mean, I didn't tell you that much. Do you feel mm -hmm. like... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. I mean, words can't really describe it. I mean, it was just almost horrifying, I guess. Yeah. You could say. You know, I just, I know because, you know, I had a hard time believing that, you know, somebody would do that to her and Justine, I mean, I mean, Justine was a baby. I mean, you know, how right. could you murder a baby and her mother and then set mm -hmm. the house on fire? Right. I just can't believe someone would do that. So I guess the feeling that I'm getting is, tell me if this is, is accurate, is that, um, Donna was a lovely person. She was beautiful. Oh, yeah. Careful, and she was kind. And it mm -hmm. seems like there was like, men in her life that just were not, I don't know, I, I don't want to simplify it by saying not good people, but there were people around her that, you know, men that, they made it, I think it made it hard for the police department to do their, um, their job because there were the lightest suspicion was on more than one person. Is well, that, that could be. I mean, because for one thing, I mean, when you're, I mean, when you go through a divorce, that's going to be your first, I mean, that's what everybody assumed. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't assume that now. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just, have a hard time thinking. I, I don't know. After living and stuff, I just can't imagine somebody that knew her that would do that. Yeah. I just, I just don't see it. 
Yeah, so you don't, think I it was her, you don't think it was her husband. You never no, thought that. No, no. I just, I don't know. I, I just have a hard time believing that it even happened. I know. It's shocking. Oh, hi. Um, this is Anne-Marie. Yeah, so I am a co-producer of the um, <clears throat> Spoon River Gothic podcast. And I know that you had said, I think you said you lived across the street from Donna's apartment. Uh, yeah, like my whole life. <laughs> um, but I'm only 25, so. <laughs> I know, I was looking at your picture on Facebook thinking she probably wasn't around back then. No. Um. Do you remember, like, hearing about the story? No, that's the crazy thing is, I've never heard the story ever. Like, that's why I'm so invested in writing everything. Uh, I've never heard about it, um, ever. Not once um, until it got posted. So um, then I kind of, like, I started asking my grandma questions. I'm like, you know, like, what what is this, you know? And Because uh, she was back, she was around back then. And, uh, yeah, she's like, yeah, it was a big ordeal, you know? And like I said, I've never even heard anything about it <laughs> one time. We're just really trying to get information about people from Canton, you know, and you have an interesting perspective because you grew up in Canton, you lived across the street from the apartment, and you didn't know anything about it, but then you started asking your grandma about it. I'm curious to know what your grandma said about it. Yeah, um, like that's a tough one. She doesn't really want to be brought into it. Um, oh, I understand. Yeah, totally. I, I, uh, I started asking questions to, about it to her, you know, and she was around back then, and she's she's good friends with, uh, like, a lot of people that you mentioned that, you know, had statements and everything, and uh, so she was like, um, you know, she she gave me her input, and I was like, so, I mean, it's kind of interesting, like, and I keep, every time I read something new, I'm like, I'm like, like, you know, like, this is, yeah, this is crazy, so, I mean. So does she believe that um, justice was served, that Donald Bull was the perpetrator? Um, I would say, she, she said, she did say that, like, he was, uh, not very nice to women. I mean, she thought, yeah. you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's probably, like, likely, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, so what do you think, like, okay, so you discovered the page, the, um, the Spoon River Gothic page, and so, like, what were your thoughts when you started reading about it? Uh, I was in like shock um, because a lot of uh, the na like the firefighters, um, I have I share a, a child with one of the firefighters' sons. Um, um, my friend's grandma um, is Iona, so I know like I I know her as in a, oh, okay. like you know, I talked to so, I talked to her. Yeah, so I, and one of my really really like childhood close friends that's her grandma. So um, it's you know what I mean like she's very, uh, she's a family friend. So I you know. Yeah. So in my in my Christ, that's her grand my friend's grandpa. So that is so interesting. Like from the the perspective of your you know your younger. When did you move away from Canton? I did, I just moved away for like a year ago. <laughs> like I oh okay. I've lived my whole life. <laughs> right. So so what are your thoughts like knowing Canton and knowing how things work? I mean, like, it's a, it's very likely. It's crazy. I mean, it's just nuts. The way their justice, justice system works, everything. <laughs> yeah, crazy. so you already have that, you already felt that way before you started reading oh, about this. I, yeah, like, I mean, like I said, I've already, yeah, 
it doesn't surprise me by no means. It's just, you know, this is the first time I've, I've, I've heard a story come up like this that, you know, just kind of proves my theory that Canton is corrupt. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I guess from my perspective, I don't really know what happened, but uh, I've talked to a lot of people. I'm in the process of going to interview one of the defense lawyers. And, you know, I think for me, this, the scope of it is the fact that I don't, I don't know that he did it. I don't know that he didn't do it. I don't think he got a fair trial. And I think there was corruption. And those, that's like the farthest stretch I can make at this point. I mean, same here, like, and then there goes the theory of the guy saying there's the keys were left in the mailbox. Like, okay, for, why would the keys be in the mailbox that long? You know what I mean? Like, that makes no sense. That's to me a very at good all. question. I was just reading about that again, and I was having the same question. Like, because that, that just didn't, it hadn't, you know, by that time she would have already gotten the keys from the mailbox, first of all, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, it's just a lot of things that didn't add up to me, you know what I mean? So, uh, I just, <laughs> there's more to come, you're going to get more information and you're going to see a lot of the holes in the, um, and you know, I don't know if he put this out yet about the uh, jailhouse snitch. Yeah, he did. He he did put that out there. Um, that's what that's where I read that he said that the keys he got the keys from the mailbox, and I was like, um, what? <laughs> yeah, his story does not line up, and he was obviously making deals with, um, you know, trying Police. to. Oh yeah, trying to get less time or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So there, yeah, and and his story doesn't line up to the facts and the crime scene. Yeah, no, it, it it just didn't it didn't make sense to me. That's why I was like, you know, so invested in reading more, you know. But yeah, no, I I mean, I never heard anything about it, um, not once, at all until this came out. So it's kind of interesting for me. I know that the house sat empty for a long time, like forever. I've never yeah. known anybody to live there. And it, I yeah. think it's a sale right now too. Do you think you'll ever move back to Canton? I mean, Kansas might be my hometown, but uh, no, I, I, I'm gay. No, it's just too much. It's Kansas gone, gone really downhill. I mean, extremely downhill. You know what I mean? Like, I went to school there my whole life, um, but it's just that's not for me. You know, um, <laughs> especially the stuff like this. You know, could happen. It can happen to anybody. You know, like that's just yeah. Right. Um, so I was just I was just curious of like what your guys what your guys' connection is to the story like. So um, one of the the executive producer is actually from Canton, and he's always been um, kind of haunted by the story. Right. And he's more. It's more uh, for him. It's more. It's not really a who done it because I mean they did arrest somebody. It's more a literary kind of look at the big picture and all the different elements. There's so many layers to this story. Like, you know, there is, of course, did Donnie really do it? Uh, there's also the death penalty. I mean, um, that kind of, when I read that, I was like, what do you, what do you mean he just dropped dead at an, at an age like that? I mean, come on now. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Right. So that's, 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 there's that. No. And there's, I mean, I think there's an, there will end up being a lot of, lot more questions and answers. But also, I see Canton as kind of like a character of the story. Um, as yeah. Far as, you know what I mean? Because you live there, so you probably know better than I do. So, um, yeah, I think it's not really a whodunit, but it's uh, looking at all the um, kind of, all of the aspects of the story, shining a light on them. So, 
you know, it's it's hopefully going to be a, a compelling story that people are going to want to listen to. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I know, I know, I am in, extremely invested. So, you know, especially because I'm from there. So, I mean, it just kind of triggers like everything even more. Like I said, I'm reading this, reading these stories, and they got names in them that like people that I know, you know, that I'm yeah. close to. So it's just like it touches close to home for me. Yeah. Yeah. Spoon River Gothic is a production of Lone Bird Media in association with CZ Studio. The show is produced by August Olson, editing, directing, and producing by Corey Zimmerman. Audio mastering and engineering by E. Mastered. Research is done by Anne-Marie Cannon, Chelsea Mesa, and me, Jinra Illustrisimo. Spoon River Gothic is written and hosted by Corey Zimmerman. You can follow the show at czstudio.works and read the blog at spoonrivergothic.com. Show some love by leaving us a rating or review on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And stay tuned for the next episode as we dive deeper into the Donald Bull case. Thank you for listening. This is Spoon River Gothic, narrative of a double homicide.